We tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. If we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. The majority of our guests will be special needs related, but that's not all of our guests. We are going to have some guests that really don't have any special needs, but have been through something tough. We're hoping that this podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And even though it's not always easy, it's totally worth it. This is the Totally Worth It podcast. It's episode number seven. I'm John Gayhart, and I'm joined here with my boo, Amy G. <gasps> boo. I don't know what boo means. What is that? It means your girl, your honey, your snack what it cakes. Is it, <laughs> is it not? Is it? It's not short for something else. No. Just boo. Just boo. I like it. I like just bay. Bay. Boo. And boo is one of them boy and one of them girl. No. Okay. No. My boo, Amy G. Hi. I'm wondering if I should take this championship belt off that I've been wearing for a week. I don't want to talk about that championship belt. Because our newlywed game, I don't think I've ever beat you in any kind of trivia, game show, board game. I don't think you have. And technically, this is under protest. Why? Because I was tired. But you came up with the questions. I no listeners came up. Listeners with came up with John. the questions. My my sister sent me a note saying, "I knew you'd be Danny Z." I know. Okay, people. I wasn't thinking. I was tired. Okay. Well, this championship belt is getting heavy, and I'm wondering if I take it off now because we're on to the next episode. Well, or don't if give I it to me. My back hurts so bad from carrying this show. <laughs> I can't take anymore. So you keep the belt. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we have a great episode for you today. Our guest in the second part of this episode is Gwen Ray, and you are just going to love her. Amy and I have to talk about a few things before that. But first, we're going to give a shout out to one of our podcast sponsors. We would like to thank one of our podcast sponsors, Podcorn. We have seen a huge benefit in using Podcorn as they connect us with other potential podcast sponsors. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform. They can set their own rates and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. Go visit podcorn.com or click the link in the show notes of this episode to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. All right, Amy, so now for our segment called... See, what had happened was... And you're going to start us off today. You guys, by the time this episode airs, we will be a week into Corona 2020. Oh my gosh. And we will have already had a week of spring break. 
Yes. Behind us. Yes. And we just got the email today. Two hours ago. That our school district has closed for another week. And let me be clear. I am not upset about this at all. Like, I appreciate them being proactive. It's serious. It's serious. I get it. I don't feel like this is some conspiracy theory that some may think. I don't think that this is media hype. I think this is just us being able to use technology to prevent a major epidemic. Like we haven't been able to, you know, forego in the history, in in the history, in history, you know. Yeah, and it's, uh, we felt this coming. I mean. Slater's been preparing for months. Now, on episode one, we talked about Slater's preparation preparation yes. for coronavirus yes and we were being funny about it i don't feel like we were being insensitive i mean nobody knew we weren't being gonna... insensitive but we did not think it would get here no and slater was totally prepping us for it yeah so six weeks ago seven weeks ago but when we saw when you take things like the professional sports leagues that are closing down mm-hmm. i mean that's billions of dollars they don't do that yeah just because of maybe right like there's people that are smart and it's serious. And so when we when when that started happening, we're like, oh boy. Yeah. Cuz you think about this. Okay, so we're inconvenienced for a week. Okay? Yes, Mabry's going to be home for another week. It's going to be really really hard. It's not going to be fun. Nope. Um baseball games are canceled. The March March Madness is canceled. Yes, we are inconvenienced a little bit. But think about, and I really like this. So here, you know, of course, we're out just right outside of Dallas. So Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavericks, did you see his pre- press yes. conference last night? No, but I saw, I heard some highlights of it. So really, really well done. And that you can think what you want about Mark Cuban. Okay. Yes, he's a hothead. Yes, he... You know, hothead is probably a good word for it. I like him. I like him too. And we love Shark Tank. Yes. That's one of our go-tos. But he was really concerned, not just about his team's health and and the safety of his players, who he obviously genuinely cares for. Yes. Yes, they're making him a ton of money, but it's more than that. Um, He talked about how the workers... At the AAC, which is the arena where the Mavericks play, he said that the workers that are getting paid hourly there, like this is a big deal to them and that he was going to step in and make sure that they were guaranteed, you know, as of right now, guaranteed at least four home games to be paid. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, that and I read something else that it may not just be getting paid for doing nothing but that he was going to pick some charities for them to go and wow. work at and stuff like that, but make sure that they continue to have work. Yeah. Because this is the type of situation that it can really affect people. You yeah. know, you and I, we're fortunate because you can work from home a lot. Yeah. You know, you just put your company, your salespeople on a travel freeze for a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, we had conferences already get canceled, which is, it's great. Because I get to not travel right yeah. now. Yeah. But it hurts sales. It hurts 
people's revenue, everybody's affected. Yeah. I mean, we've got things like South by Southwest here in Texas that brings in, it's the biggest moneymaker for the city of Austin for the year. Yeah. And those waitresses and waitresses and waiters, I mean, that's what they rely on is that event. Right. It's big. It is. It's a big deal. But if we can like get past ourselves for a little bit, mm-hmm. I mean, really, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Like, I think people who are ticked off about it, all of the closings and stuff like that, I just think they're not seeing past themselves yep. at the moment. And the things that are important to them are really little in the big scheme of things. And the people who aren't ticked off about it are definitely people who have a friend or family member who's who's gotten sick. Right. And so we're all trying to avoid being one of those family members. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yes, by the time this airs, I will probably have had all my color off of my hair and have gone completely gray. Week two of spring break. And we can't speak for other families, but I think that there are a lot of families that are saying, oh, the second week, yes. Yeah. And, and there's some families that are like us that even with all typical kids, they've got working parents and how do you take care of the kids? And right. it's difficult for everybody. There's a, there's a lot of special needs families out there that when they're, when they're in this spot, they're like, oh my gosh, because I got through this afternoon and you've taken the brunt most of the week. Today was a day that I took Mabry all day. I got to four o'clock and I'm like, oh my gosh, spring break's almost over. We've almost done it. <laughs> <laughs> Little an, did you know. An hour and a half later, we get the email. Yeah. But it's good. It's for the best. Well, and it, and it is. And you, you talk from a special needs standpoint. You know, yes, school is closed. What about those that are older? Well, we have people who come to Blue Sky from the Denton State School. Well, right now, only families allowed on campus. Mm. I heard from a mom that it at won't... the state school. Yeah, yeah. I heard from a mom that it may family may not get to visit soon. You know, that's hard. Dayhabs could be shutting down. Group homes could be shutting down. Wow. That you know, this is. It's a big deal. Well, it's definitely not going to go away. No. Soon, soon, and and we'll probably talk about this for a couple more weeks. But hopefully, it is only a couple more weeks, and hopefully, we we find some relief here. But hopefully, we know there's smart people at work. If you are looking for me, <laughs> I'll be in the fetal position in the corner, <laughs> sucking my thumb. <laughs> I, I do need to. I do need to make a confession. So I mm. had Mabry today. Yes. And so I left around 10 o'clock this morning to go for an all-day run. That doesn't mean we were running all day. That means I go to a destination that, and I take my time to get there. It takes me an hour and a half to get there. And then we run for a couple of hours, and then I get an hour and a half back. So it's an all-day event. Well, when I left at 10 o'clock, um, your dad was gone. Mm-hmm. Your mom had left to go take Jack to – and I think your dad was at a baseball game – your mom had taken Jack to go to strength and conditioning and dropped him off there and then stayed to watch the baseball game until Jack was done and then it was going to bring him home. And so you I, left Slater again, didn't you? <laughs> I left. I That was at 10 o'clock. On my way home at 2.30, I'm like, I wonder if Slater was home when I left. See, <laughs> See guys, this Slater's 10. So, yes, he can stay by himself. But it was happening when he was six. It happened earlier than six, John Gayhart. John seems to forget that we have a third child sometimes. Well, but he makes it like he he, he does he also <laughs> doesn't even know that nobody was here. It's true. 
That is true. <laughs> so, but the third kid was your idea. The th- yeah. <laughs> so you might want to remember him next time. No. And so I knew everything was going to be okay, but I I did feel like I'm that I'm a terrible dad. <laughs> you're not. <either. laughs> when I like, he five needs to hours... speak up. You got to be loud, or else we're, you're going to get forgotten. Five, five hours later is the <laughs> first time I considered what you were doing today. Good gosh. Yeah. Wow. Okay, um, I want to talk about one of a company that I'm a big fan of, only because of style, which is Vans, the shoes. Oh my! How much money do you think you and Jack together spent at Vans last year? Um, I would say a thousand dollars. I'd say that's low. Maybe we like you, you like shoes. I like shoes. Jack likes shoes. So that's like y'all's. That's our thing. That's their thing. And we both really like Vans. When So we both have a lot of uh, several pairs of Vans. He likes other different styles that I don't like, you know, but but we have Vans in common. So every now and then, I would say maybe only twice a year, we kind of have a dude's day. Once or twice a year, we'll have a dude's day where me and Jack and Slater will go. And Jack knows that means we're going to buy shoes. Mm, and Slater's just so I'll waiting. make Slater buy a pair of shoes because oh, he's waiting. wearing the same ones from, you know, because he don't care. He's like me. Yeah. I don't care about the shoes. So I've never known much about Vans as a company. Um, but I saw, it, it, I just read this yesterday and I was super intrigued. So they just launched, and I don't know if it's for how long it's going to be out, but they launched this month the Autism Awareness Collection. And I'm going to read from the website what this means because they've got a few different styles that are part of this collection. So here's what it says from their website. Since 1966, Vans has stood as a champion of individuality and self-expression. The brand's commitment continues with the release of sensory-inclusive footwear designs as part of the Autism Awareness Collection. With this project, Vans celebrates the unique aspects of all people. Designed specifically with autism spectrum disorder in mind, the ultra-comfortable footwear collection is offered with sensory-inclusive elements, including a calming color palette, and design features that focus on the senses of touch, sign, and sound. A portion of the proceeds from Vans Autism Awareness Collection will benefit the A-Skate Foundation, which introduces skateboarding to kids with autism through acceptance, therapy, and education. So as I read more about that, it it's it really focused, that A-Skate Foundation a lot is about inclusion. Yeah. So everything that I'm reading, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love the van shoes. Right. Now this, you know, there's a lot of autism campaigns out there Mm -hmm. that you and I don't get behind. We'll always read them. And we probably go into it first skeptical Mm -hmm. and then kind of have to be proven otherwise just from some past experiences. Um, So as I read this one, I'm like, man, this is legit. Now, I don't know how much money goes in. I would love to know that because these shoes for adults cost $70. Or $75. So if they're given a dollar for every pair of shoes sold to this, I'm out. Yeah. But, I, you know, so there may be some some not cool things about it. But everything I'm learning, it's it's what we believe in. It's, you know, it's getting these kids active. It's inclusion. Yeah. It's all of those things. I like that a money is going to an actual program. Yep. You know, we always say give locally. Yeah. Because then you know exactly where your money's going. Um, but a lot of these campaigns and stuff go to big campaigns that we won't say names, but that 
you know, there's a lot of overhead. There's a lot of really hot, well-paid executives, you know, mm-hmm. that type of things. And the money's not going to actually help parents, yeah. you know. Um, so I like that part of it. Yeah. And there's a, only a couple of designs. So I don't know. It just launched. And there's probably only like five designs. And I don't know if they're going to grow and ha- come out with more designs. And I don't know if this is only out for a couple of months. I haven't learned that yet. I hope they do come out with a couple more designs. Um, but they've got cool like sayings on the back of the shoes like love you love you, and things like that. Um, and so now everyone in our family now has a pair of Vans on their way here. You ordered them? For everyone. You didn't want me to pick mine out? Actually, I just ordered two pairs for each for Jacqueline. I was about to say that. No, sounds... I haven't ordered any because I didn't want to order for you. Yeah. Well, so... Um... World Autism Day is April 2nd. Okay. So I think this this was launching for this because it says Vans will release Autism Awareness Collection this month. Mm-hmm. So I think it's in preparation for... For that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yes. So kudos to Vans. Kudos. Oh, kudos. That's kudos. a top... Remember kudos? The bar, the granola bar? Yes. Bomb package. Bomb. Love them. Those things were amazing. Are they not around anymore? I haven't seen kudos in ages. Man, those things what did Slater say at dinner tonight? That he did. He said it in context, but he didn't know what it meant. <laughs> oh, hunky dory. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what made me think of that in kudos, but hunky dory. Yes. So thank you, Vans. I was excited to read the. Read well, the I'm that. excited to get some shoes. All right, let's order. Okay, Amy, what is the next segment? It's called, well, isn't that special? I have got a story to share. I shared it already on social media. So some of you might have read this story already, but I want to talk about it because I I went through all these different emotions again today. So we do Run Mabry Run. Mabry and I started running for a lot of different reasons that I can talk about for a long time, but we've been running for about a year and a half. And when we first started, we bought a really cheap stroller Mm -hmm. that she was, and it was used and she was already too big for it, but we didn't want to spend a lot of money because we didn't know if she would like it. Well, we used that thing for a year yeah, and, and finally she had outgrown it and it blew into pieces. (laughs) And, but before that happened, we knew that she was going to need a new stroller because she had outgrown that one. And these strollers, when you start to research what types of strollers there are for adults, Forget it doesn't matter adults with special needs or not they're built the same, but you got to have something that holds up to two hundred pounds, mm-hmm. um, and is a running stroller. And we don't just go for walks and we just don't go for jogs. We run a lot of miles. We're, we've become serious runners, and so in researching these strollers, we realize that they are a lot of money, like a lot of money. Yes, like five thousand dollars, a lot of money. Yes, and. We don't do this. Money has nothing to do with Run Maybe Run. No. It's, it's not a, a major factor. We decided that we needed to order one no matter what because it had become such a big part of our family and such an important part of, of everybody in this family gets benefit from us running. But we have had a lot of people following on social media and we get a lot of response. So we thought, you know what? There are, there are signage opportunities on this stroller on the wheels. You can put company logos and things. Maybe we just offer out there for a company to sponsor this or a couple of companies to sponsor this and help us. Because you see a ton of people when you're out running half marathons and stuff. 
So, I mean, it really is a good advertising. Yeah, and we have pictures at every event, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's a it's a great opportunity. In fact, there's people that we know that run like this and push an adult in a stroller and they are sponsored by Toyota and different things like this. Like all of that exists. So we threw that out there and waited a couple of weeks and didn't get any kind of response. And we're like, you know what? We just got to order it. The money will, who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll eat beans out. for a while. <laughs> we'll get so, Slater's ration yeah, box exactly. out. So, so we ordered it with no sponsorships. And then in this stroller takes like almost four months to build. It's mm-hmm. all custom for Mabry. And a couple weeks after that, I get a phone call out of the blue. And it was like around the holiday season from a family that said, we have decided as a family that we want to pay for Mabry's stroller. And I was absolutely floored. Mm-hmm. And I, I was uh, my, I didn't know how to respond at first. And I was, shaking off kind of some tears and I was I was driving at the moment so I I started to pull over I didn't really know how to respond and then the person on the other line said y'all are doing an amazing thing y'all are impacting a lot of families we were talking about how we can help be a part of your journey and this is the way we can help love that we just want y'all to keep running and keep inspiring and keep impacting like that's what y'all need to do and I just, I'm going to get choked up right here because it was uncontrollable, like uncontrollable crying that I just don't do. You don't do that. And I get teary eyed at like a, the, you know, Rocky four, but I, or you've got mail <laughs> or you, oh, you got mail got, gets me every time. <laughs> what about sleepless in Seattle? <laughs> all of those, all of those get me every time, but it's a quick, I got a tear, I can wipe it away and I'm done. This is like uncontrollable. That doesn't happen. And it actually, it just came over me that something that we're doing is having a positive Mm. impact. And I, it was unbelievable. And my favorite part of the entire story is that I was driving. This call came in unexpectedly. I answered it on Bluetooth and Jack was in the truck. Mm. And he got to hear the generosity on the other end of the phone. And he got to see my response and he got to see my uncontrollable cry. Yeah. And after we got off the phone and I, you know, got my act together, we came home and in the driveway, the, the person on the other end of the phone had asked that they remain anonymous. So I pulled Jack out of the truck and I got to talk to him about that. And I got to say, do you understand what just happened on that? And he said, yes. Okay. And you also have to understand that nobody can know, like that person doesn't want to be known. So you can't tell people about it, but you need to recognize what an amazing blessing that is yeah. and, and what it looks like to be, to what it be, what it looks like to be kind and generous. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. to learn that at a young age and to see, you know, see it firsthand but it was funny when y'all walked in the door i was like walking for some reason towards the door Mm -hmm. and i could obviously tell you had been crying and jack goes don't worry it's good (laughs) (laughs) do you remember that yes don't worry it's all good i've been saving that story until we actually got the stroller and that was over the holidays and so we got the stroller this week and Oh, actually yesterday and today on our long run, Mabry and I took that stroller out 
And that's when all those emotions came back over mm. to me because I just relived that whole thing. And you said it was a game changer. The stroller is amazing. Oh, my gosh. That thing is un- unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because when things usually come in the mail that need to be put together, <laughs> who usually does this? I sort save of those projects for Amy G. But the lady said, don't worry, when you receive it, the box is huge because it's almost all the way assembled. Okay. So I tackled it. But did you have to get a band aid and the box wasn't even open yet? <laughs> I did get a band aid. <laughs> And then you had to come tell me how to put on the final piece. It's true. But you did a good job. It didn't fall apart. It didn't. We ran great. It didn't fall apart. <laughs> it's awesome. It looks like the little Mabry mobile. Yeah, we made it yellow for her. She loves yellow and it's got her run Mabry red logo on it. Oh, and the 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 family who uh, who bought it wanted it to be sponsored by the Abled Movement. Awesome. So we've got the Abled Movement logo on it and get to spread that. Don't that look word. at those wheels when they're spinning real quick. You'll get dizzy. Yeah, that's right. It's awesome. That's right. So cool. Yeah. What do you have, Amy? Well, it being spring break and all. Um. So we, we did go somewhere for spring break. We went to your mom's house. And we call her Honey. But we went to Honey's house and it was good. It was so good. So, I mean, it was less than 24 hours. Yeah. Let's be honest. (laughs) But, I mean, John and I sat on a porch in the woods and did a puzzle for a long time. Yeah, but before that, for the first 30 minutes when we got there, Jack and his buddy and Slater took Mabry out in the Polaris Ranger souped up golf cart, whatever that thing is called. Whatever it's called. And for the first 30 minutes, I just went and laid on the couch. I put my feet up and I laid on the couch and it was silent. You were in there doing a puzzle. Y'all, I got the puzzle fever. And it wouldn't like, wouldn't have, going and laying down for 30 minutes in the quiet doesn't happen. It was so nice. And this, um, of course, this property is out in the middle of nowhere. It's in the country. But there is a pond right in front of the house. So it's not like we can just be like, oh, it's okay. She She's not going to go anywhere. Like we have to be on high alert because sometimes she'll go in the pond just to show us she's mad. Yes. So um, we do have to, but, and usually she loves the four wheelers and the golf carts and stuff like that. So when we're there, she has to be on the go or doesn't come in the house or any, she usually doesn't come in the house until it's dark outside. Right. And we say that the four-wheeler has to go night-night. Even while even while Jack's taking breaks from driving or somebody's not driving, she'll just sit, th- sit there just, on it. Yes. We pull it up next to the house so we can see her, and she just sits in it. Yeah. But this time, she would go, and then she came in and took a break and just sat with us for a little while. And then Jack would be ready to drive again and take her again. It was so nice. It was a And she trip. went to bed early. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be daylight savings time. Yeah, so, so we it, knew we were losing an hour on top of her getting up. Which is good because she was going to church. My mom is a pastor and yeah. we wanted to go to her church. But church didn't start till 11, which is way late for us. Yes. And but we were we trying knew, to figure out how to waste time. We knew if she got up at five in the morning, it was actually going to be six or whatever. And so we were going to, we had that on our side and it all worked out she yes. went to church she did great she went in the church which is was amazing yes yeah it was a good day it, it was, was a really good day we went home before it got bad 
<laughs> we left before it got ruined, so it was really good. It was funny because on Monday, I went into our company office, which I don't go into very often because it's in Houston. And on Saturday afternoon, while we when we were leaving our house, like lunchtime, mm-hmm. you posted on social media road trip and showed a car full. Yeah. And that was Saturday afternoon. So when I came into the office in Houston, like way, like not close to our house on Monday morning, they're like, we thought you were on vacation. Didn't y'all have a road trip? We're like, oh yeah, it was one night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. On Tuesday when clients started showing up at Blue Sky, they were like, wait a minute, you're on vacation. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That was Like that was less than 24 hours. Yeah. We're good. We're home. Everybody had a good time. That's how we do it. All done. So, what are your kids going to do for spring break? Well, we went to the farm last uh, Saturday night. Hello, for one done. Night. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say we never took you anywhere, kids. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So, Amy G, this week we get to do a segment called What You Digging This Week? And it's you. Well, I'll tell you what I'm. I've got two things. Let's hear them. Okay. First of all, some of y'all may have noticed. The earrings I wear, right? What do they look like? My leather feather. The leather. long feather ones. Yes. All sorts of colors. They're love, all over the love, house love. And my truck. Some are in your truck. Some are in my car. Some are in the bathroom. Some are in the living room. That's I, right. Well, you never know when you're going to need a pair Mix of earrings. Yes. They are. I am pretty uh, brand loyal to Waterloo style. And we'll put it in our show notes. But... They're fabulous. My friend Jana Cofield and Cofield and Tiffany Wade make all of these earrings and they're just fabulous. I just love, love, love them. And then second thing I'm digging is, have you heard of the company She Reads Truth? I have not heard of that. You have heard of it. I have heard of it. Because it's my study Bible. Okay. And I bought you a He Reads Truth study Bible. That I don't think you've used. Hmm. I think you used it to stack your plants on top of. Whatever, John Gayhart. Is that where my books are? Uh, it's an amazing study Bible. Anyways, I've just started ordering their Bible studies. And I've started this one this week, First and Second Peter, because it aligns with the series we're going through at church on First and Second Peter. And so these Bible studies, they're what... I love aesthetics. Like, I love what a book looks like, what a book feels like. These pages are beautiful. It's so well done. I'm looking at it from across the room as you flip through, and it looks like a designer magazine Vogue. Doesn't it? Is Vogue still around? Cosmopolitan? Are those still around? Yeah, I guess you... It doesn't look like any of those things. Oh, it doesn't? It's nicer than that. Way nicer. But it just feels good. It looks good. And it's all about women in the Word of God every day. And it's just so nice. You should go out, all you ladies, go out because they have um, an Easter study. It's called Because He Lives. And you have time to order it because you start this two Mondays before Easter. Okay, so it's a four-week study. And Easter Sunday is like smack in the middle of the study. So it's kind of before and after. So anyways, it's beautiful. It, I just want to frame it. It's so pretty. That looks really nice. Are you supposed to write in that? It yes. Too nice. Yes. No, you write in it. It's beautiful. It has um, it has some recipes that go along with it. It's got like some activities that go along with it. It's just really, it's so pretty. And no I wonder I haven't used the study Bible you gave me. I, I read, I got to the first recipe and I'm like, this is There's wrong. not. 
They don't have recipes in the He Reads Truth. Oh. Anyways, they're just so well done and they're so good. And um, yeah, that's what I'm digging. That is cool. I like that. So, John, coming up next is our interview with Gwen Ray. She was great. I love so good. Talking to her. And what's cool about it is that, you know, we're focused on um, getting different perspectives from different people in your village. And Gwen is actually the aunt of a kiddo with special needs. And so you're going to really enjoy her story. Yeah. Getting that perspective. I mean, it's so helpful for us and we think it'll be helpful for you guys. So we hope you enjoy the interview with Gwen. We have been friends. Gosh, years. So Gwen had our son, Jack, who is now 14 in her two-year-old preschool class. So gosh, that makes me feel old. <laughs> makes me feel old. A period where he wasn't cute or it was once he got cute. Oh my gosh. And he was super cute. John gives Jack the hardest time because in it, Jack's childhood is when we were going through all of the diagnosis period with Mabry. Oh, and yeah. so his baby book is empty, like empty. So he'll ask a question. We're like... Sorry, but like, we don't really know. And then John told him it's because he wasn't very cute. He was a stud. Yeah, thank you. I mean, he he's super cute now. Like, he's been a good looking guy for a long time. But I questioned years <laughs> one through it's three. so bad. One through four. That is so four. bad. They're all cute at that age. Yeah, are and they? And perfect. Are they? And well behaved. So Gwen and I have been friends for at least 12 years. Yeah. Um, and you'll hear us talk on the Totally Worth It podcast about our village. Um, the village are just the people who come alongside you um, and help with life. And so um, Gwen has a story of her nephew that we wanted to share today. Can you tell us a little bit about Luke? So my Luke, I tell him he's my Luke, he's been my Lukey, um, was born September 5th, 2008. My sister's first baby, my sister Shannon. We were very excited. I had one nephew from my brother who was just six months old at that point. So we were very excited to be getting another baby in it the family. It was baby fever. Baby fever. Because my five kids were grown, Ing, they weren't grown, but older. <laughs> so I was ready for somebody else to have babies in the family. Five kids. Let's just stop right there. Holy moly. That's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> it's fun now. It was, yeah. at the time, I had no idea how crazy we were. I'll tell you guys, y'all don't, obviously y'all don't know the Ray kids, but they are the, I don't even know how to say it. Like, just the most polite Servant-hearted kids. Well, thank you. I've met. So, good job, Mama. That's, good job. Because they behave very well. <laughs> we beat them so much, they know how to behave oh, outside good. the home now. That's the key. <laughs> That's the key. Sorry. So, um, my sister's pregnancy seemed to be progressing normally. She one day became kind of nervous because she was not feeling the baby move around as much as she thought she should. And... My mom and I encouraged her just to go to the doctor and get it checked out. You would rather the doctor say, hey, there's nothing wrong than worry. Right. And so she went to the doctor, went to the hospital, Plano Presby, and her doctor was unavailable. But on the elevator, she and my mom ran into our great friend who's a doctor there. And he said, I'm happy to look at the baby. Let's go look at the baby. And, and how many weeks? Was she? I on I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I want to say um, probably early thirty. Oh, okay. She 
had the sonogram and the doctor said, I want you to hang out here. Need to, we need to go find your doctor mm. and came back and told her that something was not right and that they needed to do an emergency C-section. So my brother-in-law was working in Louisiana. There was, I don't remember which hurricane had come through then, but there was, he was doing hurricane work and um, jumped in his big work truck and made his way back and got back just in time to throw scrubs on and walk into the operating room. And Luke was born. And I don't even think my sister got to hold him. They immediately took him and... Um, I remember them wheeling him by us to go to the NICU and looking at him and my heart dropping Mm. because um, something clearly was not right. When you say that, just from his appearance? His appearance. His head was very large and Mm. his body was very small. We found out later that his body appeared to have stopped developing around 20 in the 20-week area, but his brain had continued to grow which was a blessing. Right. Um, his, his body had protected his brain. So Luke um, was immediately moved into the NICU. My sister's recovering from major surgery, a cesarean section. Uh, my brother-in-law is in the police academy and going to school and working. And so thankfully, my parents are local. My family's local. We all just kind of stepped up to begin to spend time at the NICU. We didn't want Luke to ever be in the NICU without a family member with him for no reason other than we're just selfish that way. We want, <laughs> we want our babies to have family with them. Yeah. And um, so my sister would go home and rest and we would take turns taking care of Luke. And as time progressed, we are waiting for test results. We're waiting for the geneticist to come back and say, this is what's wrong with Luke, um, he had failure to thrive. He very clearly had a curve in his spine. He had very low muscle tone. Um, it was literally, you know, newborn babies are like rag dolls, but this right. was especially mm-hmm. rag doll. And so we um, decided to help him meet his milestones, which was um, his sleep study, his swallow study. Uh, drinking so many ounces of milk consecutively without needing his feeding tube. And so in the night when Shannon and Michael would go home to sleep, me, my mom, and my dad would take turns through the night to be at the hospital with Luke. I mean, we're high-fiving as one's leaving and the other's walking in Mm -hmm. and making sure he eats. Let me ask you, did Shannon have to make that ask? Or did y'all just decide on your own? So Shannon's personality is she will not ask. She's a doer and not an asker. Mm -hmm. She would, so we, and I know that about her being Mm -hmm. her older sister. Right. And um, so we took it upon ourselves to tell her. Yeah. You are going to go home and sleep. You're recovering from surgery. You're not going to be, you're not going to sleep well in that chair in the corner. And um, she didn't like it, but I think knew that that's what her body needed and she trusts us enough to know that we were had Luke's best interests at heart and that's what we and Luke needed his mommy to be strong and healthy as well so I um, am not prideful at all when I say that he took his first full bottle from me (laughs) I even signed it did you get a medal and left it (laughs) for everyone to see that came in (laughs) unfortunately the hospital wouldn't let me keep it Uh. But uh, Gwen for the win. Exactly. 
Exactly. So we all just kind of jumped in and my kids knew, you know, I have five kids at home that need me during the day. So I was the midnight to 5 a.m. shift was my time. And it was just a sweet time to get to hold him and not have to pass him to somebody else to Mm -hmm. hold and pray over him and to sing with him and to love him. And there's a bond, I think, that was created in those hours that he's 11 and a half now that is and this was a three-week process while y'all were waiting um so we were waiting it took three weeks once the geneticist came in to get the diagnosis of prater willie syndrome mm-hmm. which is what luke has mm-hmm. can you explain to the best that you can what prater willie syndrome is well we'd never heard of it at all um so we had to do our own quick research, but it is basically a genetic disorder that causes obesity, intellectual disability, and shortness in height. It's a depletion of the 15th chromosome. Let me ask you this. So being a mom of a special needs child, you have, you sometimes carry a lot of guilt. What did I do wrong? Did I eat something wrong? Did I drink something wrong? Did I, should I not have gone for that walk? You know, something like that. When we got the diagnosis of a genetic disorder for Mabry, which is just within the last six months, it was kind of a relief for me, mm-hmm. you know, of like, ah, like, so as soon as she was conceived, she was, mm-hmm. you know, how did, how did your sister handle that news? Or do you think that it changed anything for her? Or was it so early on that she couldn't even No, I it? definitely think that she, um, was questioning everything, Mm -hmm. she and Michael, questioning everything up until they did have the geneticist come in and say, this is what I believe it is. And then you begin to do your research. And Mm -hmm. I'll be real honest, we were praying that that was not what it was. You know, when you begin to look those things up, which is probably not the most wise thing we could have done, but we didn't know anything about anything. Uh Um, It was scary that diagnosis was very scary. And I can remember we were sitting at, I think it was Caleb's soccer game when they got the phone call from the geneticist that it was in fact Prader-Willi syndrome. And Shannon and Michael are there. Luke's wrapped up. We're all sitting in the bleachers together. And there was that, okay, now we know. Mm -hmm. And then there was also that, oh, that's not what I wanted to hear. Right. Especially because, you know, we, we, we wanted it to be something that he would grow out of, you know, mm-hmm. some the doctors were wrong. Yeah, it's yeah. funny how everybody processes it differently because Amy, with the relief of, okay, I didn't do anything wrong, that mm-hmm. mom guilt that so many people have, and I processed it as, I don't like that information because that's not reversible. Mm-hmm. You can't, it, those, that, you know, that mutation can't, isn't going to go back to normal. So it's interesting how... Everybody processes it different, where you are, at different places, all of that. So tell me this. If you had um, advice for other aunts out there, okay? So hopefully there's another um, lady or gentleman or somebody who has either a niece or nephew or a good friend. Like, how, What advice would you have um, in telling them how to love on you know, the special needs family, like service or prayer or meal trains. Everybody loves a good meal train, you know, but 
after the meal train stopped coming. Right. I think the obvious things are the meal train and the prayer. Uh But I think the things are recognizing first that, especially if the diagnosis is new, giving mom and dad the space to grieve and not feeling like you can control or or fix their grief. Mm-hmm. Everyone grieves differently. Some grieve quickly, some don't. And giving them room to do that and love them through that, that time. And I think, too, not thinking you can fix anything. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest thing that, as a family, that we decided on is we there's nothing to fix. Luke wasn't broken. Mm. Luke was just made differently. Right. You know, um, his life is precious and has purpose mm-hmm. and God handpicked him for our family mm-hmm. for a reason. And so being available, being patient through the, the processes, being willing to do your own research, um, being willing to just sometimes just be there. Yeah. It's just not even listen. necessary doing things sometimes right. it's just making yourself available to be there And the other really obvious thing seems to be, but I feel like it needs to be said, is just um, very quick with grace and slow with judgment. Mm. Because it's real easy to, um, especially for children who may behave differently than yours do, to say, well, if they were my child, or have you tried this? or Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's just coming alongside and putting your hand on their back while they're dealing with a a child throwing a tantrum in the Mm -hmm. middle of the grocery store, and they already feel horrible, but yet they're working through something that we know nothing about, and just don't even say anything. Just smile and put your hand on their back. Such wise words, really and truly. You know, we had an incident, an incident, that's air quotes again, listeners, <laughs> um, with Mabry at a, at our nephew's graduation. Uh, gosh, what was that, a year ago? May. It'll be a year ago in May. And it, we had had a previous incident with Mabry of having a meltdown and the police were called, you yeah. know? And then at this graduation, when Mabry had a meltdown, the people were so kind and just, like you said, they'd come up and put their hand on our back and just say, hey, let us know if you need anything. You know, it's so kind. And you're absolutely right. Like, slow with judgment is such such wise words, really and truly. Yeah, and, and aunts and uncles play such a crucial role. Mm-hmm. I mean, every family is either, you know, they're very close, not as close. Everybody's a little bit different. But... There's going to be times, whether it's once a month or once a year, where you're together with cousins and the cousins are going to be of similar ages. Mm. And there's comparisons that go on. There's different things that make it hard on the special needs parents that the siblings or aunts and uncles play such a vital role in relieving that, mm-hmm. in, in trying to understand and be aware of what's going on that may be hard. Yeah. And it's kind of common practice that, okay, I'm going to go to all of your kids' stuff and you're going to come to all of my kids' stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you're the family that you can't go to all the stuff, being able to know that you have that space and that acceptance from the siblings, from the aunt and uncle, plays such a huge role. Mm-hmm. And so that aunt and uncle role is so crucial. We know yeah. um, that 
you know, it's it, it, the advice that you're given is amazing. And I know there's people that, that need to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. When I'll say the blessing too with my kids being a little bit older is that the active part is cousins that they've been able to play in Luke's life mm-hmm. as well. When Shannon and Mike needed just time to get away, my kids were old enough to step in and go to the house and stay with Luke. Mm. Or when he was playing soccer through the Miracle League, Micah was old enough to volunteer and be a part of that with him. And so it's, yes, the aunt and uncle are so vital, but I think the cousins who are much closer in age to Luke than I am, even though I'm the coolest aunt. (laughs) Obs. Obviously. My kids are really cool too. Uh And we'll get down on the floor, you know, now not anymore. It's sit at the table and talk and, and have, it seems like adult conversations because he's just so smart. Mm -hmm. The, you know, and the things that he wants to talk about. So it's, I think the whole family being a part of and loving well is important. And I love that my kids have had that opportunity. Have you seen them take that to other places? Absolutely. We, the sensitivity that my children have now, and really Marcus and me as well, to families and children, especially just because that's the stage that we're in as Luke's still a child, is... Um, has grown tremendously and the tenderness that God has given us for families who may need a postcard in the mail Mm -hmm. or just a sweet word or a night off. We know now personally how that is helpful. Whereas before, I I don't know what I thought before. I just, it was ignorance because Mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know. That's right. But I think that's okay. Yes, it is. But at the same time, I'm grateful very, very grateful. I have a cousin who his two boys have ataxia and I have a cousin whose little boy has um, spina bifida. And so our family very much gets the, the need to, um, to serve special needs. And I really, I know that's a phrase that gets used, but that's, you know, I, we don't look at these families or these little people, these as having special needs or a disability. It is, they're just, they're how God made them and we're going to come right alongside them and love them and not treat them any differently. And, you know, well, last summer I got the joy of working with your youngest Micah, um, out at blue sky. He was a little camp counselor with us. And I tell you what, what a heart really, really. Um, I don't know your other children as well, but he's, you know, we're like the, the, we're like like the mob. He He can't get out now. And I'm eager for him to get his driver's license so that he can continue that just because it's a little more of a drive commitment than I can make all the time. Maybe he loves to ride with Micah. See, you know who really (laughs) loves to go for a ride. Hey, mornings with Micah. (laughs) He would love that. Yo. Little stinker would love it. Let's sign him up. (laughs) Sign him up. He can use my car. We'll buy him a car. (laughs) Y'all need a car? We'll get you a car. So we've gotten to talk a lot about Luke's diagnosis and what that looks like. Tell us about Luke, the person, because we know that there's more, it's more than a diagnosis. We absolutely believe in that. And that's the thing that I think is so extremely important is that it is just a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. It's not who he is. And, um, and I may cry here talking about him, but, um, I have a picture sitting in front of me too. 
Sorry. No. Luke has so much joy and such a an unconditional love. He doesn't know hate at all. And I think that's the biggest thing that we've learned from him. I can remember when he had his torso cast, he attended a vacation Bible school and my sister went with him and she was so worried about how kids would respond to him. And there were a few kids that kind of were talking and it hurt my sister's feelings. And Luke looked at her and he said, mom, it's okay. They don't know. It's Mm -hmm. okay. And the lesson that that taught all of us is you don't know, Mm -hmm. but he, um, loves so deeply sometimes so deeply that when he doesn't get to be a part of what he loves you know it's a great opportunity for us to have conversations with Luke about you know why you can't do that or we can't have that but Mm. he um if you are ever not feeling good about yourself all you need is a Luke hug yeah (laughs) he gives the best bear hugs but just so full of joy and and unconditionally loving a great big brother. You kind of wish we all could grasp that I to do. not know hate and just be full of joy. He is. Imagine if we were all that way. He he has big hopes and he has big dreams for himself. And I see my my brother-in-law and my sister sometimes like worry about um because, you know, the diagnosis says these things, he won't get to do those things. But it's been fun as his Aunt G to have those conversations with him about, you know, if he gets married one day and when he has kids one day and he wants to be a teacher or a praise and worship leader and wow. and getting to be a part of that and, and those things. And so I love getting to dream with him. Mm. Um, it's up to his mom and dad to work through reality. I get to, <laughs> I get to be the dreamer. <laughs> you get to be the aunt. That's right. Yes. That's right. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, two things that I'd like to say before Amy asks a final question and closes is first, you know, this podcast is all about sharing stories that sound to the outside like they're sad stories. Maybe one time they were sad, maybe they weren't, but sharing those stories, but learning that they're not sad, talking about why they're not sad and and finding the joy and the purpose in those stories and you just gave a perfect example yeah. of why Luke's story is not a sad story. People from the outside may think that. It's not the case. When you live inside, in those walls, in that family, you can totally tell just hearing you and seeing you that, that Luke is, he brings joy and he brings love. And it is, it is a happy, happy story. And we can't wait to hear about you know where where luke goes can't wait to have him lead me in worship one day absolutely absolutely (laughs) and the second thing i want to say is it's really cool to see how god puts people in each other's lives because you talk about before you didn't have a sensitivity to that and now you do and you are meant to be and created to be luke's aunt you're the perfect person for the job but aside from that And um, uh, just a byproduct of that is you're also a part of our life. And I know that Amy talks to you quite a bit and that you and now Micah and your other kids and your entire family have a heart for special needs. And that plays a tremendous role in our life. Hmm. And so what 
um, Luke has done for you and your family now turns into something that's a huge need and a huge benefit and a huge joy for our family and for Amy because we need people to talk to. We mm-hmm. need people who understand different sides of it. And so I just think that's cool how you bring that whole story together. And while you don't think that the Gay Hart family plays a, a role in Luke's story, actually, Luke plays a big role in the Gay Hart story right. because it gives you the heart to be able to talk to Amy and, and, cool. and help us. I like I'm that. grateful for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am. I'm grateful for that. What about a lot of friends? We're not, we're hard people. I used to have a lot. Whatever. Go on. Get, go on, get. Anyway. Okay. This is. I like to ask people this. So what's something recently that has just become like a game changer for you? It can be um, a new brand of chocolate chip cookies. It could be um, a new hair product. It could be anything like that. For me personally? Yeah, you personally. Or for me and my, my no. job as Aunt G? No, just you personally. Or as your job as Aunt G. You can do that. Either one. Well, my game changer and my job with Aunt G because mm-hmm. my sister... And her husband took their boys and moved to Michigan yeah. away from me. Um, has that definitely, was rude, by the way. It was awfully rude. They, I went through a grieving process. They probably didn't even I ask truly you. went through a grieving process. I bet you did. That was, that was hard. Um, it's FaceTime. Oh, yeah. Good one. Because the boys like have it. their own iPads and Aunt G's number's in that iPad. And so I my FaceTime so calls with them are absolutely... Precious. Oh, I love that. FaceTime has been a big part of our life with Mabry for me. Uh-huh. I, I've always traveled. Yeah. And so sometimes she just needs that interaction. Yeah. That's been a huge thing. FaceTime's awesome for that. Well, Gwen, it. thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And we can't wait to hear what Luke does. He's going to do big things. He is. He's going to be something big. Yeah. Can't thank you, guys. Thank you very much. You're Come back next week and listen to our interview with Jeremy Sandusky. Jeremy is a special needs father. We've gotten to know him and his family through our community. And it's great for us just to have another male here. It's great to have another father's perspective. So come back and listen to the interview with Jeremy. And please go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a rating, leave us a review. That helps other people find us. And it might be because of you that somebody else gets encouraged. And if you know of anybody that would like to sponsor our podcast, have them email us at John and Amy at totallyworthitpodcast.com. We'll see you next week.